Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. And welcome to the podcast. Coming up, Kevin Klein, the chair of the Winnipeg Police Board. He will react to the downtown safety study. Christine Cambly Care, the executive director of the Sylvan Learning Center in Winnipeg, will talk with me about us, Manitoba students, being last when it comes to science and math, and second last in reading. And the creator of Stand will be on the podcast today, Danny Shore. He has some great news about his new movie. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. All right, so in the news, you've been hearing about, and on Jeff Courier's show before this show, you were hearing about the downtown safety study. It is out, 27 recommendations. Let's get some reaction now from Kevin Klein, a counselor, Kevin Klein, chair of the Winnipeg Police Board. Kevin, good afternoon. Hello, Kevin. Are you there? No. Oh, there we are. Okay. Phones. The phones around here have been acting weird lately. I apologize, <laughs> Kevin. We got you now. Um, your initial reaction to uh, which of the recommendations caught your eye, Kevin? Well, you know what? They, they all did, uh, I think, caught my eye. They're very good. They're actionable. They're immediately actionable. It involves a different... Uh, you know, perceptions and, and different views of getting this fixed and, and different uh, paths to go down. So I, I was uh, overall very uh, pleased with it. I know a lot of people, especially in the city, thought it was just going to be a check written to the uh, city of Winnipeg to put more police. But th- this is a much better approach, I believe. Yeah. And you've talked a lot about a lot of the stuff that's in this report. There's nothing earth shattering, no major surprises, but it is stuff that we could certainly do to try and improve downtown safety. Well, I think that that's what we've been waiting for, right? We need to stop talking and start doing. Right. And these items are actionable. They're, some of them are measurable, uh, but they are all actionable. And we can see how they'll benefit the area uh, very quickly. But, but in addition to that, I, I think we really need to change our thinking and, and how we look at downtown. All right. Go, go into that a bit. Well, I, I think we need to promote downtown more, right? We need to get more businesses downtown. We heard what happened to those in the exchange. Um, you, we've seen the vacant buildings. We've seen more people move out of downtown. People, I mean, how, how many years has it been since somebody said, let's go downtown shopping or let's go downtown to do this? We need to create the culture and the environment for businesses to open downtown, To uh, for parking. We need to make parking easier. We We need to help uh, developers build desirable, affordable residences downtown. And we need to do our part to be a great partner for that. Because the more people we bring downtown, the more energy. And quite frankly, we know for a fact, when you have more people in your downtown, you have much less crime. So our help with those two parties, specifically businesses, developers, will really be an investment because eventually over the co- you know coming years, mm-hmm. that will reduce our costs for policing those areas. Back to a point you made at the start, and I kind of went right, because I really do think we get a lot of studies and reports and task forces, and you know we talk about things. What's the timeline in this? Is the, I didn't notice a timeline in here. Maybe I missed it. What's the timeline? Lots of recommendations, some good ideas. Now when do we start seeing the the action on it? 
Well, I know from a True North's perspective, having a conversation with them, they've already you know brought in some experts. They're already uh, getting things into place. They're working with all the different uh, uh, key stakeholders. So they're trying to get that portion of it underway as quickly as possible. And I think with the uh, police service, with some items that they require to help them, uh, I believe they've already got those items uh, ready, uh, listed, and, and they want to get those into place as quickly as they can. These are the people... Uh, True North, uh, the police, other business owners for downtown Winnipeg Biz and the exchange, they are the main stakeholders. They are losing the most, right? They have, and they have the most to lose. So I can see them uh, getting uh, very quickly at the table and making these things happen uh, quite, quite a bit sooner. Hey, uh, Kevin, while I've got you, I wanted to ask you about this uh, forum tomorrow here in the Polo Park area. I, I, are they going to be playing that meth documentary again um, uh, there? I, I was told to ask you about that. Greg Mackling on the morning show here was wanting to know and, and wanting to get some info on that. Uh, well, thank Greg for asking. Yes, we will have the uh, documentary starting at 6 p.m. The last time we showed it was uh, when I had it out at the uh, Park West Inn, November 7th, standing room only. Uh, I will tell you this, there was kids in the crowd. Parents stayed there with their kids. Uh, there was teenagers. There was everyone from all ages was in that room. And not one of them left that didn't say this was amazing, very helpful. And I am looking forward to more people seeing this because it it, it will be followed this time by a presentation by the Winnipeg Police Service, the gangs unit, the guns and gangs unit, the uh, narcotics unit, drugs. They'll be there to talk to you. Uh, There'll be other uh, people speaking to problems that we're having in the city, what to look for, how you can help yourself. So this is really going to be... I think one of the best nights we've had in a long time. Yeah, I know that you, uh, when you showed it before, it was uh, standing room only. I imagine there will be a big crowd again uh, for this viewing. And I've stayed in touch with the filmmaker, and he may be coming on my show again soon with some news on how he'll continue to tell the story. But it really is a documentary that will rock you to your core. It really is, and it gives you a picture of reality. Yeah. You know, we hear about it, we see what we see, but this is a picture of reality, and it's an opportunity also to see that it's not a crime, it's not, you know, this is people. Mm. Uh, and these are, you know, our, our neighbors, uh, they're Manitobans, uh, they're Winnipeggers, and we need to uh, take a different view of uh, some people that are having some struggles right now. And that's why it always needs all levels of government, all the stakeholders, but it needs to be actionable because, you know, four years ago, we weren't talking about a major crisis. Now we're in the middle yeah. of one. Mm-hmm. Um, so now is, now is the time for action. So I'm, I'm happy with what the Manitoba Police Commission has put forward. I do believe at City Hall we need to get acting immediately to promote uh, downtown. I'm not saying put a whole bunch of money in there. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is let's be good partners and, and bring businesses here and show them what downtown can be and help them make this a better place. Yeah, because if we get people, more people living downtown, working downtown, downtown, doing business downtown, going downtown to shop, to have dinner and that sort of stuff. It's going to make the downtown a safer place just because there's more people on the streets. Bingo. And I've had a lot of people say, well, look at how safe Broadway is in New York. Why can't our downtown be like that? Look at how many people are on Broadway in New York. So again, they brought the people, they brought the businesses, they built that up. And Mm -hmm. we can do the same here. The Exchange District is a wonderful area. We have a number of great restaurants and businesses. We need more.
Kevin, thanks a lot for this. I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Are Manitoba students getting dumber? Uh, a new report, maybe that's not the right way to put it, uh, Christine. Christine Cambly Care is here, the executive director of the Sylvan Learning Center in Winnipeg. I guess I shouldn't have said that out loud, but I mean, that's the way people are looking at this. Um, so new numbers are in, and basically, uh, we are dead last, students in Manitoba, dead last in science and math, and second last in reading. The last time uh, this was done was uh, 2015. We're now almost five years later, and it's it's getting worse. It's not surprising. Really? No. Tell me why. Um, I think there's there's lots of things. I mean, they, the government has talked a lot about reducing the class sizes, but I, I don't see that happening. Um, I think the demands on teachers is increasing all the time. The curriculum is becoming more dense where teachers are having to teach a lot of th- things outside of, of the core programs that are taking away from us spending the time in reading and math and science. And like, like, let me interrupt you. Like, what sort of stuff are they teaching outside of the three R's? Well, I mean, we're, we're, we've added, you know, sex education and they talk about drugs and they talk about all of these other things now that have been added into our school systems that take away from teachers' times to be able to teach those core programs. So I think that that's a contributing factor. I mean, we talk about all kinds of other things at school, and I mean, it's put on the teacher's shoulders to fit that into their, you know, hours in the day, and there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. Is part of the problem that parents, moms and dads are busier now? They don't have time to work with the kids when they're doing their homework at night. And then that's where Sylvan comes in or tutors of other types. Is that part of the problem as well? Because there's sort of three elements here, right? There's the student. Correct. There are the parents, the home, and then there's the school, the teacher. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Um, For sure. I mean... As a parent, myself, as a working parent, it, it does, definitely is more difficult to spend that time in the evening. Um, but, I mean, you have to make time. It just has to happen. And, you know, one of the other things, too, that is r- really difficult to watch, I mean, I have two boys in school, and the number of, you know, new uh, Canadians coming to Canada that have little to no English but there's no supports in the school system. So those students require more time, and that time Correct. is being taken away from other students. Correct. And, I mean, if we had, uh, you know, the supports in place for teachers to be able to juggle that, I mean, my stu- my son's class was over 40 last year, and and about 40% of them had little to no English. Hmm. I mean, and no, nobody else in that classroom to help that teacher. That I mean, that's just not fair. Yeah. You mentioned classroom size, and then you sort of uh, suggested that again there. Is that one thing that could happen right away in your mind that would really change things? Yeah, but I mean, it's going to take money. I mean, we have to hire more teachers. We have to make those classes more doable. We have to give the teachers the supports that they require, which I don't feel that they're getting right now. Mm -hmm. And not every parent can afford to call Sylvan Learning Center, right? I mean, every parent would love to have help, but not every parent can afford to do that. Um, Yeah, I mean, we do definitely offer financing options for families. So, I mean, we do try to definitely make it affordable for as many families as we can. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, the teachers are already taxed, I think, as, as much as we can. I think there just needs to be more supports in the school, more support staff, 
um, to help with the day-to-day running of the classroom. And I definitely think there needs to be more time spent on core programs. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the reading, writing, math. So the teacher should maybe focus on that and then maybe have additional staff that can deal with some of the other stuff that you've already mentioned. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that would definitely help to, to alleviate a lot of the, the stress on the system. Yeah. When you see numbers like this, uh, Christine, I worry because I see numbers like that and I think, wow, that's going to take a long time to turn that around, Right. For sure, because unfortunately, the trend is not going in the right direction. I mean, if you look back to reports, you know, I was reading earlier, the 2007, 2014, 2015, and unfortunately, the trends are not going the way that people who live in Manitoba would like to see them go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is it that much different between Manitoba and a province where the numbers aren't so gloomy? Like, is it that much different or are we that much different here when it comes to the number of teachers, classroom size, all that kind of stuff? Or is it other stuff like poverty? We have more poverty here maybe, and that's part of the problem. You know what? Honestly, I'm not sure. sure. I can't comment because yeah. I, I just, I'm not familiar with, you know, you know, what you know. systems outside yeah. of Manitoba. Right. Um is poverty a contributing aspect? I mean, I, I guess so, but I, I think that the lack of support for the staff that are that are out there and, and you know, working with these kids every day yeah. is, I think, more of a pressing issue. Yeah. And, you know, it, you're right. It takes money, and that's probably not something we're going to see a lot of, right? No, unfortunately. So, you know, do, and not all parents can do this, but is this maybe a warning bell for parents who have time to get involved at school, in the class? Yeah. To, to say, hey, I'm here. Do you need me for a couple hours on Thursdays? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't even know if that's a thing. To that aspect, yeah. but I mean... Definitely helping out your own child, spending mm-hmm. that time in the evening, you know, doing those extra fluency, yeah. math fact fluencies or having that time and sit and read with your child. Yeah. I mean, I think that those are definitely essentially important. Mm-hmm. Um, parents getting involved is definitely going to help. Part of it, It's yeah. not going to hinder for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this. It works, I think, with younger kids. But a lot of moms and dads aren't capable of helping the older kids. Like we were talking in the newsroom. I don't have kids. Somebody in the newsroom today said, hey, when my whatever it was, 13 or 14-year-old kid wants me to help him with math, I can't help him with math anymore. They reach a point where we just can't help them anymore. No, that that's very true. And I mean, I hear that every day at work, yeah. um, especially in the math and the science. I mean, a lot of parents are just not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't sit with your child and actively engage with them and even have them talk through the process with you. I mean, you may not be able to help, but that doesn't mean you can't be involved. Yeah. Or at least then you know what's going on in your kid's head and you can talk to the teacher, Correct. work with the teacher. Um, I, I, tell me a little bit about Sylvan Learning Center because I know we hear about you all the time. Yeah. You're sort of the leader in this. Absolutely. You mentioned that it's made as affordable as possible for parents. Like yeah. how affordable? Talk to me a little bit about it because I don't know. Well, I mean, we have financing options where parents can pay as low as $100 a month. So, wow. you know, that just means maybe you don't go out and have that dinner out twice in that month. Mm-hmm. And I mean, $100 a month. I know it's still a lot of money, but yep. it's definitely affordable for many families mm-hmm. in, in uh, Winnipeg and Manitoba and surrounding Manitoba. And that's one-on-one time, right? Yep. 
One-on-one time, yep. which which your kid in school probably isn't getting a whole heck of a lot of that, is no, he? No, unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. And I mean, our focus at Sylvan is on core programming. Yeah. And that's what we need. We need the focus on reading, writing, and math. Mm-hmm. And do you see a difference quickly with uh, kids that come to Sylvan? Yeah, absolutely. And even parents say, like, reading at home becomes less of a challenge. They, they're more willing to want to work with parents. When kids are successful, they want to show what they can do. So that homework time becomes a lot less of a frustration for parents and they're more willing to do it. Yeah. we got to figure this out. I, I don't know uh, what the answer is. We're going to continue to talk to people like you to try and find the answers. Uh, but it's interesting that it seemed like right off the hop you said we need smaller classroom sizes, more one-on-one time between teachers and students, right? Correct, yeah. And some of the other stuff that they that's added been added to the teachers we got to figure out a way to get them back to basics, I guess. Absolutely. Danny Sure is here, the creator of the new movie, Stand. And uh, Danny, we've been staying in touch. First of all, how was it seeing your movie on the big screen in Winnipeg? It was a life-changing experience, I tell you. We went on Saturday night just near your studios here at uh, Scotiabank Polo Park. And I said to my wife, we're in the wrong theater because it's this huge theater and there's a whole bunch of people. And for the first time, I could just sit and be an audience person. And it's a big screen movie. I was tickled. I was blown away, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a really sweet applause after after the movie when the credits started. And then everyone sat for the credits and then there was another applause after that. It was Very cool. something else. Yeah, I'm happy for you. Um, we've had a lot of bad news in this city and province of late. And so when you emailed me with some good news, I was happy to bring you in again. <laughs> I will let you announce for Winnipeg and Manitoba the good news about your movie, the great news about your movie stand. Yeah, it's a huge Winnipeg win. This is my great cup. This is the artistic great cup. Uh, we got extended for another week in Vancouver, Saskatoon, both theaters in Winnipeg. Toronto, the nation's capital, Barrie and Guelph. Uh, it's it's certainly unprecedented for a Winnipeg movie. And the win that I'm talking about is we got our story on the national agenda. People are writing about it in papers. Uh, you know, just today I got a clip from uh, a television station in Edmonton. And the Winnipeg general strike is being talked about. Can you believe that? A hundred years later, but talked about as a... And isn't there lots to learn today from it? So, um, you know, as an artist, you want to get your stories out there and to get this kind of national exposure and a holdover of this sort, it's really beyond my my biggest dreams. Well, and I know the movie biz enough to know that it's a numbers game, right? And for Cineplex to say, we're holding you over for another week in seven cities, including two theaters in Winnipeg, that's a big deal. It is because, uh, like, there's no sentiment to uh, the way the system works for choosing. It's it's not, you know, you don't get to be the sentimental favorite. It's strictly numbers. And that's the Hollywood system. So uh, we're in the game, Hal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good for you. And tonight, kind of a special night. People, yeah. 
uh, can see the movie, uh, tell us where, tell us when, and then they can have kind of a Q&A with you and some of the stars. Sure. Uh, I'm going tonight again uh, to uh, Polo Park, Scotiabank, as is Lisa Bell, the Winnipeg star. Fantastic. Yep. I'm calling the new Jennifer Hudson. And also in the audience will be Gabriel Daniels, the other Winnipeg actor uh, who's just got a breakout role in it. People are talking about him. Uh, so we're going to be there and uh, we'll say hi. And there's a great larger than life stand up cutout that is such a great photo op there. So we've been uh, taking pictures and uh, just doing cool. media on it. Which showing tonight? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock yeah. tonight. Yeah. So check out the movie. For sure. Uh, Danny will be there. Some of the stars will be there and maybe an opportunity to talk about the movie and, and see sure. the movie. Yeah. I have not. I told you we had a crazy weekend, Jackie and I, and Jackie was luff, uh, lucky enough to work with some of you on this, and, and she was really excited to hear the news when I told her uh, we're going to try and get there this weekend. So I'm glad it's been held over. Um, and on top of all of this... What is this? It's being shown on the Sunset Strip? It is. So I'm leaving tomorrow. That's why I want to go to the movie tonight um, for Los Angeles. It's the advanced screening for the U.S. We got a U.S. release. It'll be sometime in later spring. But this is our industry advanced screening, and it's at the Directors Guild of America right on Sunset Boulevard, a beautiful, really high-tech theater. I'm excited because it ain't going to look better or sound better than this theater and, of course, all the industry. We've invited Mr. Spielberg. I'd say there's a 10% chance of his coming. But, you know, at at a theater like this at the Directors Guild, the DGA uh, theater, it's where the who's who of the industry can show up. So yeah, this, this that's has been exciting. And when you were here uh, last week or whenever it was recently, we talked about what a journey it's been for you. What 15, 16 years, yeah. right, start to finish. You had a heart attack along the way, and you said at that time, "I might have another movie in me." <laughs> has, has this uh, success, you know, since the release in Canada? Has this success maybe said put you in a position where you go, yeah, you know what, I'm I'm going to do another one, or are you leaning more toward that, or, or are well, you just enjoying the moment? I am totally enjoying the moment, and I got maybe two years on this movie. This morning I got an email from Turkey. Wow. <laughs> Someone wanting the rights for Turkey. So because we're doing it territory by territory, we got yeah. Japan already. Next we'll be working on Europe. It's... It's a lot of work, so... And are you doing a lot of that stuff yourself? I am. I'm the international salesperson, but I got to say, Frantic Films, Jamie Brown... Great Winnipeg company, yep. Jamie Brown and Jeff Peeler, these guys know the business, Mm -hmm. and they are helping immeasurably, but... uh, Certainly from a financial perspective, I'm not rushing to make a, a movie that was fraught with as much risk as this one. What I'd like to see come out of this in the next yearish or so, be really nice if a studio said, Dan, why don't you do the score for us? You know, right. and if it was Disney, I would not say no. Yeah. But just just to do some large yeah. scores, I realize that's what I really love. Yeah, sitting at my gear. And coming up with the music. I mean, yeah. I am a composer. Well, and this, this, the success of this, and this has shined a spotlight on you, right? I mean, people are seeing you and know Danny Sure that maybe never knew Danny Sure before. 
Yeah, well, they don't know me as anything other than a songwriter and a pop producer. Mm -hmm. But I did do the incidental music, the so-called underscore, which I'm really proud of. And um, man, that was fun. That was six weeks work, and I could do that. I could do some more of that. Yeah. Well, happy for you. Hey, um, and uh, let me ask you, and if it's none of my business, tell me it's none of my business. Is it about making enough money back to say the bills are covered, or is this just about people enjoying your art? Because it's art, right? I mean, you you obviously would love to, you know, make some money with it, but it's not, I don't imagine it's about that for you. It's never been, and indeed... You wouldn't have done it in the first place, right? No, no. Uh, the investors would love to make money. I mean, yeah. that's why it's called investment. Sure. But I don't think there's an investor out there that did it with the expectation and it was certainly about the import of the story. Mm. All the unions that were involved, it's all about the import of the story. Yeah. We got something to say and uh, we're able to say it. That's everything in this world. Because like how many films get out there to this kind of audience and get to say what we got to say? Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on the success. Uh, enjoy tonight, 7 o'clock here at Polo Park. We are. Uh, people want to go and check it out. And it's on both uh, Cineplex, uh, in both Cineplex theaters in Winnipeg, right? McGillivray, McGillivray and, and, and here. And Polo Park, yeah. And All the way to the 12th. Good. Great. And good luck in uh, on the Sunset Strip. Uh, yeah. Showing it down there. And yep. who knows, right? I'm going to take my winter jacket off there. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Danny Sure, thank you very much uh, for coming in. Great news. Stand has been held over to December 12th in seven cities, including the Cineplex Screens, McGilvery, and Polo Park here in Winnipeg. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.